0: Hello everyone, my name is Karen Butler. Thank you for joining us today on today's podcast. Today we'll be interviewing Ms. Erica Foster. Hi
1: Erica. Hello Karen. Um, I think, when did we meet? Look, I uh, my brain. What was that? Oh gosh, before the pandemic. No, ni- ni- 2019. No, before that. Oh, I met you before that. 20- yeah. Wait was it at the glamping trip? It was before the glamping trip because you met me at Kim's house and your son was there. Okay, so we've known each other for about five years. Yes. We're just going to put it, added
0: them all up together and Yet just say five we years. We need two brains to get to the five <laughs> years. <Okay. laughs> we'll just ask him later. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you for joining us. So today I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions about your military experience. Okay. Um, I know that one of the, one of the things that we kind of connect on is our time in, in service. Yes. So tell us, uh, what service were you in? So I was in the Air Force. Yeah, uh-huh. Air
1: Force, uh, the mighty flying Air Force, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I was, I was an officer in the Air Force. Um, I joined the Air Force. You probably don't ask me this, but I joined the Air Force in uh, 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my first duty station was Grand Forks, North Dakota. North
0: Dakota.
1: Yes, that's how they pronounce it up there, North Dakota. Like Fargo. Yes. So, so an hour north of Fargo. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we would f- drive to Fargo to go to the mall. Ooh. Balling. Yes, big balling. Um, So, and then um, I also had like a lot of like, I call them mini-duty stations. So, not necessarily TDYs, because they were longer than like three months, but like at a Maxwell Air Force Base yeah. in um, Alabama as well, Kessler, Kessler. So, so yeah, that was the major points and places that I stayed when I was in the Air Force, those three places. So
0: How long were you in?
1: So, I was in four years active duty and um, almost six years of reserve. So, it was like Just shy of six years reserves, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. So we'll round up and say like 10 years in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you transitioned, um,
1: one, what made you decide to transition
0: Um, out of the military?
1: Well, the military decided for me. (laughs) So what happened is um, they, according to them, they um, said that they had taken on a lot of people after Mm 9-11. And they didn't realize that they had too many people and not enough budget for Mm -hmm. all of us, right? So they had to reduce the strength of the Air Force. So they call it force shaping in the Air Force. So for my career field, which was personnelist, um, they got rid of 68% of us out of the career field. So basically they shut down the, the, we call it the MPF. So it's just the personnel Man center where people would come in, you know, do all their processing, Mm -hmm. in processing, out processing, retirement separations, all of the above. If you got arrested, you know, the orange jumpsuit showed up and we had to do your paperwork. So yeah, that's that was us. So they closed that completely down. They took all the personnelers out of the um, individual squadrons. You know, you can go to your personnelers and mm-hmm. ask them to file something. They took those out, and then what they did was per group, they had um, personnelists who were responsible for each like group. So that's what they called downsizing everything.
0: So was this around the time that the Air Force was handing out pink slips? Because I remember yes. a couple of my friends yes, it was came to that work. Time. And they had a pink slip on their desk. Absolutely.
1: No explanation, just. It was around that time. So what they did was they, they so, the, so like for the officers, because they couldn't pink slip us, so they couldn't pink slip like all of us. So like um, um, they came and they basically had a board, decided who they were going to keep, who they were going to get rid of, and then we basically had a meeting to say, hey, we're getting rid of 68% of you, and then later today if we call you in to the commander, we're going to tell you what's going to happen with you. So I was I was on vacation when they called us in because they mm-hmm. were like, whoa, you going on vacation? I said "It's so I was like, yes, it's going to happen whether I'm yeah, here or not. Yeah. So um, the the commander called me in, and I, I just knew. I was like, 68%, I'm not special. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to get hit. So um, when I went in there, he was like, yeah, we're foreshaping you. And I was like, we're okay. And I think he thought I was going to break down and cry, you know, and just have a fit. I was like, you told me like six months ago this might be coming, so yeah. okay. So um, once they foreshaped us, um, then I transitioned into the real world, and I was lucky enough that my mother has, you know, did twenty years in the Marine Corps, retired, so mm-hmm. she's able to guide me through that transition. So she kind of guided me through the process of understanding that the military and how you talk to people in the military is not how you can talk to people in the civilian world. world. Mm-hmm. She to you know, talked to me because in truth, the military never really teaches you how to interview for jobs, right? They teach you how to talk to your commander about EPRs and OPRs and, mm-hmm. and you know, like going to training schools, but um, interviewing for jobs and necessarily writing, um, like, you know, a resume or a CV, they never talk to you about yep. that, right? So um, I could write the crap out of an EPR, but I couldn't, you know. The basics. Yeah, do the basics. Yeah. So I was able that. I was lucky enough that my mother could help me with that because she didn't have that when she got out, mm-hmm. right? So she got out. They didn't offer anything other than good luck and, you know, farewell. <laughs> so, you know, after 20 years. so yeah. So she was able to guide me through that. And um, I'm not going to lie to you. Once I got out, I was like, ah, I don't think I'm going to use this criminal justice degree that I spent four years getting. So I kind of, you know, fingle, finangle, finangled. I joined this, um, I got a position over as, as a clerk in the Supreme Court Court of Appeals. I was mm-hmm. like, let me see if I really want to stay in this degree. So I was over there and working um, in that position. And I was like, nah, no, this that's is not it. for me. This is not for me. So they, that's when the 9-11 GI Bill came out. Okay, so it, sure. I, I think it was just the GI Bill before mm-hmm. that, and then they turned it into the 9-11 GI Bill. Yep. So I applied for that, and I didn't tell anybody at work, because I was like, if it don't work out, I'm still going to need this job to live out another place. And so I got approved for that, and the way that works is if you have a certain amount of credit hours, mm-hmm. they, they give you money to pay for, you know, your lodging, your living expenses. <coughs> Excuse me, and they also pay for um, your school. Yeah. But you just have to make sure you have a certain amount of credit hours. So when I got a Proof for that. I was like, bye, deuces, I'm out. And so um, I didn't work. I was like, y'all paying for my living expenses. There's no point. Mm. And um, so I would jump from different master's programs for, like, one semester. Like, I tried different classes at the base of several master's programs to see what I wanted. And I ended up doing um, a master's in public health. So that's kind of how I ended up here as an epidemiologist. But um, it was was a rough road. I'm not going to lie to you. Trying to figure out what I wanted to do, trying to get used to it. I have to admit, I've said some... Stuff that has changed people's faces when I first got out because you know you directly talk to people like hey you can't be this mm-hmm. is wrong and they're like <gasps> oh different language yeah. Yeah. so I, I definitely had to adjust so
0: so going back to your once you received the pink slip uh, I know that's not the yeah, right word uh, uh. but when you get a pink slip how much time did you have to actually like transition I don't know in an army used to call
1: it a cab Soldier for Life. Yeah. Did you have to go through that? Yeah, we had to go through that. So once they um, gave us the paperwork, they thought, I don't know what what made them think this, but I think they thought that they were going to dictate to us mm-hmm. how long that period was going to be, right? Okay. But I think they underestimated how much leave people had. Mm-hmm. So what happened was they told us, hey, we are going to force shape you, and then six months from now should be six your kind of out eight. day. Mm-hmm. And I said, eh because I have, like, three months we're worth of leave. leave. <laughs> so um, so they were like, oh, okay. So I had to hurry up, and they gave us, like, you know, the, the out-processing, mm-hmm. you know, soldier for life classes, which basically does nothing for you. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then I had to out-process. So by the time I did all that, and I had to go through all the paperwork as far as, like, for the squadron and get my desk clear, because people kept bringing me stuff. like, Oh, yeah, like, like you were still there. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I was going to be there yep. until, like, the last hour. Yeah. I had to get all that done. So by the time I did that, I really didn't have much time Mm -hmm. to sit down myself and um, figure stuff out. And again, my mother gave me the wonderful advice of not selling back my leave because they were insistent that I sell back my leave Mm -hmm. and stay here. My mother was like, that's only going to benefit them. That's not going to benefit you. She was like, like, right now, if you get out, you can buy a house because technically you work for the military. Even though you are on leave, terminal leave, you work for the military. Mm -hmm. You can get a house because you work for the military. You can get a car because you work for the military, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff you can do. She said, but if you sell back your leave and it shows you're separated, all that stuff you can't do right now. So I listened to my mother, thank the Lord, and and did that. And my biggest learning process was that point from when I started my terminal Mm leave all the way through applying for a job because I just wish that I'm trying to. I'm trying to find a political, a politically correct just, way of just saying. Just be it. honest. This, is, this um, is for all of our um,
0: audience who are who want to hear the real stuff of you know what it's really like to transition.
1: Yeah, I wish that the military actually sat down with you and had a daily life class instead of the you know the grass is green and the, yeah. you know Big the a silver lining yep. and mm-hmm. we're, you're going to be a soldier forever. We're always a family and. You, the skills we have given you here have prepared you for everything that you're going to face in the future. You know that. You yep, plan. same thing in the Army. Yeah. Yep. So I wish they had <laughs> sat down and said, listen, it's going to be hard. Here are the basics. Here's how you write a CV. Here's how you do a resume. If you want to go to school and use your 911 GI Bill, this is how you apply for yeah. it. This is the rules that you need to understand in order to do that. You know, like, it, it, like, here's an example of how you write an email to a civilian colleague. This is what we do in the military. This is what you do to, civilian yeah. you know like yeah. i wish I wish they they sat down and gave you the like the the basic dummies you know <laughs> transitioning class yeah. because those are the things you truly need, like the grass is greener on the other side classes, oh yeah yeah, doesn't really do much for did
0: you. It at any time during that that transition courses that you took that were they trying to push like Start your own business, become a contractor. They they pushed GS
1: positions, right? Yes, so mm-hmm. they pushed GS positions, um, which I didn't get because you're telling me in one breath you not you don't need personnel, and then you're telling me in the next breath join us a GS position personnel support else. us, yeah, yeah. So I was like, um, no. And then the other thing is, they wanted you to become a GS position, but then when you looked at the level you were at and what the pay was, I was like, so I'm gonna be making less than what I make as an officer? Mm-hmm. I'm confused what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that, I'm going backwards? This isn't the right for me. I was like, I don't think so. And then they also offered us the ability to go into different branches, right? So okay. they were like, you you have this this six month window to sign up for the army, to sign up for the navy, to sign up for the Marines and get accepted. Oh, okay. And then you can continue as an officer and continue your time. in your same
0: field? Yes, you can okay.
1: you can you can or you can go to another field if they accept you. You just have to test into that field in the military. Okay. And I was like, nah, I'm good, because I'm not going to lie. My mother was a Marine. She was like, listen, I love you, <laughs> but you're too weak for the Marines. Like, I love you. <laughs> kissy, kissy. Uh, and she was like, and, you know, ground troops, Army, like, they're constantly beaten down. Like, you, like, she was like, Marines and Army are ground troops. They yeah. beat, they, you beat your body down no matter what career field you're in, right? So she said, and Navy, I know you get C-6, so and <laughs> I guess you're a civilian, so <laughs> I, was, I was like, I'm a civilian. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that that was that was my option. And the truth, I wanted just, I wa- I think I wanted just get advanced education. Like I wanted oh. to get more education, right? Like I'm, you know, how you get in the military, you're like, oh, I'm gonna get to it when I can. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then it sneaks up on you. Time goes and you're like, by. Yep. Oops, I what didn't happened? do that. Yeah, like oops, that. So I wanted to make sure I took advantage of. A nine eleven GI bill and, and get that done because my undergrad was paid for mm-hmm. by my mother's service. So in Indiana, okay. if you retire, if I think if you serve in this, the the, I think if you serve, you don't even have to retire. I think you serve in the state of Indiana, look, Kimma tell me if I'm wrong or not. But if you serve in the state of Indiana and your children go to one of the local, like the college in Indiana, which okay, okay. Indiana has a lot of colleges, mm-hmm. um, they'll pay like the full scholarship, like the full. Cover for your child's um, education, oh. so all you have to do is pay, pay for like books, or if your child decides oh, okay. to stay on like a campus, campus, pay for you know like the dorm the house. And the so um, yeah, so all of that was paid for um, because of my mother's service. Oh. So and I think I think this has something also to do with disability. So she has disability. So so I got a, I got accepted to all the colleges I applied to, and I went, ended up going to IU. So yeah, that's that's kind of how that happened. So yeah, so I wanted to continue that legacy of doing that. So okay. If you could leave one,
0: like, tidbit of information for the folks who are in process of transitioning within the next year or two years, and I know your situation is different. You got the six months kind (laughs) of notice.
1: Uh, What would that be? Um, You know, I'm going to reference my mother again, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Number one, don't be scared. I think a lot of people end up staying much longer i'm not look by no means am i trying to say that everybody who stays a long period in the military beyond that 20 years is trapped or scared right Right. like some people truly love it they're gung-ho that's what they want to do but Mm -hmm. some people are scared about that transition like what am i going to do how am i going to transition so don't be scared right um just dive into it head first like you're gonna make mistakes just make them and figure it out um number two look out for you Mm -hmm. right um so if you're two years out, like right now, when you take time off, you should be talking to people about outside education. Yeah. You should be visiting people and saying, hey, can I come to your job and see what your job is about? Can I interview you? Can I ask you questions, mm-hmm. you know, about what's going on and what you would like? And then, like, the third thing that I suggest, which is what my mother suggests, is don't be scared of no, right? So my mother's like, a lot of times as military people. We're so trained into do you qualify, yes, Yeah, Yeah. Right. So if you don't qualify for promotion, you don't even bother to apply. Right. Just off because, the yeah. you know they've given you the points. Like, have you tested? How's your PT? How many years do you have in? How's your EPRs? Here's your points. Do you you know, do you make where you need to be, don't apply. Savannah so World is different. <laughs> like 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 you look at a job and you're like, I don't think that works for me. I don't think I have all the qualifications or the time they need, even if you don't apply for it. Yeah. All even they to do is tell you, so, you no. Know. All they gonna do is tell you no. And a lot of times they do this. You know what, okay. We're going to take you. We'll train you up. We're willing to train you up. We like you, right? Mm-hmm. So I say don't be scared to no. know. Um, always just if you see it and you like it and you're hoping for it, go for it.
0: Yeah.
1: Because um, a lot of times when I first started, I would pull back. Like I would I would say, oh, no, I don't qualify for this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I, and my mother would be pushing me. I'd be like, Ma, you don't know what you're talking about. Here's <laughs> the thing. And it says that you have to be at this level. And she's like, and I'm telling you, I've been a civilian longer than you have. So listen to me. And, and like, I had to look at her life, and I was like, oh, she's at an excellent job. She's making a lot of money. How did she get here? I need to pay attention attention. and listen. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly how she did it. She was like, I don't qualify for any of this. I'm going to apply. And she got jobs doing that. So, uh, you know, I think that's the main thing because a lot of times we hold ourselves back because we're Mm -hmm. so used to that mentality. Yeah.
0: That's true. I I think another uh, point that you made was, you know, you, you you talk to your mom and your mom was there to support you, and I think one of the other things is just having a good support system. Oh, you know? definitely. Whether it's your family, friends, you know, previous people that have been through the same experience as you have, but yeah. just having that person that say, hey, you know, it's okay to feel this way. It's no, okay definitely. to be, uh, you know, scared of that transition, because there's
1: yeah. a big life changing. It's a big, big life changing. I mean, it, yeah, like me, I like like I only did like just shave ten total, right? Right. Right. So for people who've done twenty, like you came in as a baby, like literally, you left your mother's house, yeah. <laughs> yep, and joined the military, yep. and that's all you've known for twenty years. That your whole adult existence has been the military. Like that's a shocker, right? Yeah. Like that's like, now what? Now like what? like yep. a deep brother. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me figure this situation out. So, so like i like i get people being scared but like that 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 support system is absolutely necessary and mm-hmm. i know everybody doesn't have the support system right so like i come from a big military family especially on my mother's side okay. right like my mother did 20 in the military, in the Marine Corps, like I have cousins who retire from Army, or cousins who retire from the Air Force. While I was in, I had cousins in with, you know yeah, in yeah. at the same time. So I could reach out to them, right? Like even if I couldn't get an answer about something from my mother, I would reach out to one of my cousins in the Air Force because they know Air Force, they right? Yeah. So everybody doesn't have that. So I say don't be scared to reach out to your local VA club, right? Reach out to your local, you know, you know people who are in the military, or were formerly in the military, who might not necessarily be related to your friend, and talk to them because mm-hmm. a lot of times we know from being a military we get excited like oh you're a vet oh okay do you need help yeah. well, this is what i did yeah. and, you know and i think i think if you don't have that circle create that circle mm-hmm. you know it's easy to create that circle there's va yeah. organizations in every state every college campus every you know everywhere you go mm-hmm. there's a va organization so i definitely agree with you that support system is yeah. is a major a major thing that you need yeah. so oh, also to caveat off of that you know the VA the BFWs mm. the,
0: all the other association out there even if they you you see a, a lot of older people yes. in that in yeah. those but I think it's still good to join them or even just go to an interest meeting just to see if you know you can still have that camaraderie if exactly. there's somebody there in that ex- that had the same experience or a slightly different experience than you mm. but then that's community if you don't have that support system exactly and just don't be afraid to make a connection yeah you know they they have years of experience they
1: do that you could you know learn from even if it's a little referral yeah if you're looking for a job And, and we know from like being around each other like for example like um i was talking to a fellow veteran uh well you know during this week and he was like you know what i really don't talk much like, I don't like to talk much about my time in the military. Mm-hmm. But when he gets around other military people, that's when he likes to talk about it, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. what a lot of military people are like. Like, like I'm like that at work. They're like, oh, you were a veteran? We didn't. Like, I worked at my job for like a year until Veterans Day came back around the next year and I went to an event. Yeah. They were like, oh, that's just for veterans. So I was like, I, yeah, that, I, that,
0: and that like that the people who hired me knew.
1: But <laughs> my, my coworkers was like, oh, why didn't you tell us? Well, I didn't. Like, yeah. you, no offense, you can't relate, so I don't want to have to. Have to explain everything. everything I talk about yep. yeah so 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 yeah it's definitely important to have those people you can talk to and kind of even if you just want to get stuff off your chest, right? yes like because sometimes people think you're crazy when you talk about <laughs> stuff from the military, they're like that doesn't seem like that was so difficult. I don't understand what the problem is yes, and they're yes, like yes. oh okay, just to be able oh to talk
0: that lingo just a little bit you know, yeah, yeah even if you're like, yeah, don't understand. yeah, I need to talk to somebody exactly yeah. exactly. and I think everybody's experience is different. And yours is truly, truly different from from my own. Um, But the the reason that we're doing these podcasts is so that everybody can have experience on or input insight on everybody's different experiences. Exactly. Because what I experienced versus what you experienced Mm -hmm. versus what you know Steve experienced, totally different. Completely. Yeah. And to know that you're not alone. Yeah. That. There is somebody there to help you and support you, no matter what your situation. So there is life
1: no, in there the world. Is. Definitely, <laughs> after, the after the military.
0: Yeah. I mean, you might feel a little, like, unsure, but that's that's everybody. Everybody goes through that. Yeah. Um, but having a good support system, and if you have a supportive com- chain of command, which, yeah, obviously you kind of sort of <laughs> did, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, to help you with that transition mm. um, out of the military, then the better your experience will be. Um, so, Erica, I want to thank you for joining us today. No, well, thank you for it having was a pleasure. me. Thank you so much. I had no idea that you got the pink slip. <laughs> 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 and look at you making like six figures right now. You know, oh, just yeah. doing great things. Yeah,
1: definitely. Went from being ashamed to tell people what happened <laughs> to like telling everybody. Oh, I got, I got, <laughs> it. I got a fortune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it. It.
0: <laughs> uh, thank you all for joining us today. Um, it's been fun talking to Miss Erica, and we hope that you'll join us for our next session or series or whatever it's called. Um, yeah. Bye.